All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the Joe Danier podcast. I am Joe Danier. Video element added, as I suggested last week, we'd make this a normal part of the uh, uh, the, the show. That way, those of you, you know, we don't necessarily have many, uh, you know, visual props or anything like that, but uh, the visual component is important to some of you and cheers to you. All right, so this is a little bit of a sappy episode, and typically you hear me in my most logical state. First thing in the morning, I'm usually on tasks and calendars and lists and and whatnot. You don't get very much emotion in this state, but today I'm in an emotional state. And about once a week, um, when I'm super busy, sometimes it ends up being once a month, but I do a who am I list. And that sounds very cheesy and cliche, but it's simply a way for me to break out of my normal routine and I write down who I am, right? The things that I'm working on, the things that are important to me, the things I want to become. Um, basically, if you were to ask me to describe myself, the things I would really want to tell you that I am, even if I'm in development, and I'm a work in progress on those things. Those are the ones I want to say. So I make that list of those things that get me burning up inside that really get me fired up and have an emotional connection to the things I want to be doing, the things I should be doing, the things I am. That's why I call it the who am I list. It's tough to explain that to a third party without getting a little bit of ridicule uh, because when you tap into your emotional energy, sometimes they are a little bit, you know, touchy feely and that's the point. So anyway, um, I'm going to use some bad analogies, but you're going to get the, the feel for it. So let's just say I want to be a marathon runner. And I have certain things that would make it more likely or more, you know, more, um, you know, you would agree with it more that I'm a marathon runner if I did those things. So for instance, if I wrote down that I eat chocolate cake, right, you, and versus I eat a banana, you can argue that one of those gets me closer to being a marathon runner and one of them probably does not help. It doesn't maybe, you know, you can eat cake and run marathons, but they probably are not something you would consider to help you and give you an advantage and give you a head start on becoming those things. So first step is I write down things like spectacle marketing, right? That's a term that I created to, de to describe what I do uh, in, in my companies when it comes to marketing. We all know what marketing is, telling the story and, and describing to consumers why they should deal with you, why they should buy from you, why they should do business with you, right? Well, spectacle marketing is where you create a spectacle to illustrate your story. So it's not really dependent on words. It's dependent on display. So I like to be a spectacle marketing because I don't have to explain to people. Think about what's coming in the future too, where people are paying less and less attention to the written word. The more popular the social media platform, the least amount of characters. So you ever go to social media and someone writes a book and then in your brain saying it's too long, I'm not going to read all of this, but somebody gives you a paragraph and okay, that's more digestible. And someone gives you 144 characters and that's even more digestible and become the probably the best social platform ever created. So brevity is key. So my spectacle marketing goes in line with where the rest of the market is going where I have to describe to you what it is that I do by using spectacle, by using demonstration to be bright and shiny and loud and basically deliver my message to you as quickly as possible with as much pizzazz as I possibly can muster. And so when I write down on my sheet, where am I going? When I write down on my sheet that I want to do spectacle marketing, I have to look and say, okay, well, when I'm doing stuff and I have the the opportunity to do marketing, am I going over the top? 
Am I figuring out more ways of describing things using less word and more visuals? Am I using lights and 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 being um, you know, above what expectations are? And so those are my bananas and chocolate cake discussion. Yeah, uh, discussion with myself until I come up with things that I should be doing. And you would think that all of those are really subtle. And on the aggregate, if you assemble a ton of small, simple, subtle things in the aggregate, you actually get some pretty, you know, heavy lifting ideas or ideals that can support a whole lot of ideas. You get the structure, this foundation where you can support a lot of those things. And if somebody asks you like, what was the one Hail Mary moment that supported you being able to do your thing? You, you're going to say, oh no, it's not like that. There were a uh, hundred things that on their own probably would have done nothing, but connected and added together ends up might be marathon runner, might be spectacle marketing. And if you do a lifetime pursuit of just adding these little subtle things that are going along with your list of who I am, you will more often than not hit all of those who you are. You'll become those things. It's almost like you don't have a choice. You'll become a marathon runner because you put it on the list and you did all the things that were pro marathon running. Um, and then so you'd be a little surprised that it was a little bit easy. Well, the hard thing isn't the marathon runner. It's doing all the supportive things and doing all the things that give you the best opportunity. You're giving yourself the best luck. You're giving yourself the best chance for something to occur. And most of the time it'll happen because who, who are you going against with this? There's no opposition because nobody is going to try to field out and sabotage a hundred small things of you eating bananas and you running on a Tuesday and whatever. No one cares that much. Somebody can defend against the Hail Mary because that's, you're putting all of the purpose and, or the, you know, the, 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 the potential of success on one throw, then you got saboteurs that can come along and bat that one down. But if you do a hundred things, nobody's going to give you the time to sabotage a hundred individual moments. So that is um uh, you know, that is sort of the the once a month or once, once a week thing. Um, and I guess psychologically, here's another thing. Like, yes, there's a mechanical element to this that helps you make those things on the list happen. But here's what happens. You end up making concessions with yourself where I might say that spectacle marketing is hard. So I might just go do regular marketing. I get myself talked down. The world, myself, my enemies, hardships, ill health, everything allows you or, or pushes you to, you know, take instead of being asking for so much, you end up conceding down to a, a lesser version of what you would otherwise put on the I wish I were block. And this is a way to reminding yourself like, you know what, you, you did marketing, but you want spectacle marketing. Remind yourself what about spectacle marketing gets your heart racing and gets your your purpose behind what your efforts are going to be. And that's why sometimes it's a week because I need re-reminded that I don't want the minimal version. I want a fire. I want huge amounts of energy coming from these things. And I got to talk myself back into them. And it's not because I get um, you know, there, it's not like I, those things were minimized. I mean, life happens and, you know, you're not always in inferno mode all the time, right? It would be unhealthy to be in inferno mode all the time. Most of the time you watch me wandering through my day on autopilot for the most point, right? Because I'm 
using my my conscious brain to think about ideas for the next version. I'm not getting myself psyched up. I can't stay in a psyched up mode. But when I make that list and I put my objectives on my task list, I'm going to run through it. 80% of my personality means that I want to hit those marks on my task list, which means that once I think about them and get fired up about them, my goal is to not get fired up about them anymore and go through the the, you know, I go through and hit my marks and go through the mechanics of my schedule so that all those things happen. And it takes a couple cycles before you start getting the idea that that's a really effective process and you want to do more of it because on the other side of that process, even though you can't point to one individual thing that made me a mar marathon runner, you, you take the aggregate and you're like, oh, you became a marathon runner. And, oh, you did, you did spectacle marketing and, oh, you helped a ton of people. Why is it that everything you put on the list happens because you're in a, in a constant pursuit of getting who you are visually in front of you on a piece of paper, you read it and practice doing those things. And if you know, notice I didn't even take like failures or coming up shorts or whatever. I, this, this, it's not about an accountability of where you're addressing your failures. You're basically saying no matter where you came from, you get to put whatever you want to be every day, brand new on a sheet of paper. And all you're doing is keeping more tasks that are pro, um, you know, that are, that are sort of like getting you closer or um, being supportive of what you write on that piece of paper. And it gets to be like, there's going to be some absurd moments where you know for sure something does not help you. And then you want to almost get a little obsessive about that. We're eliminating things that are unnecessary that are going contrary to what you have on your piece of paper seems like a really dumb thing to do. Now, if it's a huge benefit where you enjoy something that goes contrary, like you eating that chocolate cake will bring you so much happiness, it works the other way around where there's not going to be one thing in that process that makes you not a marathon runner. You go eat the chocolate cake and you're going to become a marathon runner. If 99% of the things you do are things that are pro marathon runner and you did one thing that's not, you can see on the aggregate, it works the other way around. I, I, I hate to see when people make a single mistake and they think the opportunity goes out the window, then I kind of know it was a Hail Mary. But when I watch people make mistakes and the next day they're like, okay, well, that one sucked. I don't want to do that one again. I think that's a lot more healthy uh, for people who do this perpetually. Now, can you do it perpetually? You as the listener out there, I, you know, this feels like it's part of a lifestyle, not just something where, you know, shit happens and then you're annoyed with the shit happening. So all of a sudden you want to go to the gym for a, a month and then make that the, the pain go away and then forget that you your job is to make the pain go away. I mean, there's a personality type that is reactive and you'll always be in that. But they're even reactive people know that there's a different way and reactive people can learn how to do stuff like this. And even if it's not natural to them, they can still remember to do it and be proactive, connected to disciplines and be reactive as part of their natural set. You want to take advantage of your natural, uh, you know, sort of those natural tendencies, but it doesn't mean if it's not a natural tendency that you can't do it. I do a ton of things that are my natural. You know what my, a really big natural tendency, I get obsessive about playing video games. I do. And so I can jump into a video game in the morning and then look and it's dark outside by the time that I'm done for the day and want to do the whole thing the next day. And I feel freaking terrible when you look at the amount of time that you spent in that world playing that game and what is the, the fruit, right? What do you have on the other side of it? Nothing. And so when you boil it down, I know I don't want to do stuff like that. So do I play video games? Sometimes, but I'm better when I, it's not even really an option. Like I don't make the console easy to get to. 
and the game preloaded. And, you know, I'll put it on the hardest to get. I, I want to keep what I don't want hard if I want it and I'm willing to like do hard things to do it, then I'm going to go do it. But I am going to make sure that the worst version of me is the guy that sits around and plays video games and feels terrible after doing it. I have huge regret when I'm associated with that. So I'm going to make that version hard. What I want to be easy, I'm going to do all of the things I want. I'm going to make those as easy. I'm going to do all the things that I don't want and make them super terrible hard. This podcast, right? The idea for this podcast was I went through the motions on this day and I said, I'm going to talk about that five minutes later when I go back to the podcast or the studio room. So I want to tell you that you are hearing an actual activity that happened only moments ago for in with real details and data in my notebook, on my sheet, with pen and paper, and going through the rehearsal. But this was good information to send out to you. All right, next time on the Joe Danier podcast. <laughs>